Pastor Ray Bentley explains why some were surprised at Jesus' earthly ministry. Many of the people there were used to hearing sermons, messages, whether the Jewish people, their rabbis, even in the pagan superstitions, they had their orators and magicians and so forth. But now they were seeing something more than declaration. They were seeing a demonstration of the power of God. Spread the news of His people coming down before the King. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's own return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Seeing Jesus of Nazareth begin his miraculous earthly ministry must have been overwhelming to those who knew him. And that carpenter on the next block, Joseph and Mary's son, he's healing people, raising them from the dead, turning water into wine. What's that about? Today, Pastor Ray helps us see what they saw. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Mark. Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, for the Jew as well as for the Gentile. And so tonight, if you are a Jewish, Jesus is your Messiah. If you are a Gentile, Jesus is the Messiah. And of the two, he makes one. And he's going to be discipling and teaching us tonight um, we're going to see a miracle, and then we're going to see a second time that Jesus demonstrated his power and his authority as the Messiah. Uh, there's the first story we already saw where Jesus fed 5,000, and that was just counting the men. So we believe that the crowd was, you know, at least 15,000, probably closer to 25,000 that he fed on that day. But there is another time that Jesus fed 4,000. And some people get it confused and think, oh, well, probably that's basically the same miracle and the, and the same thing happened and they just got confused. <laughs> no, the writers of the gospel did not get confused. There were two different incidents. And if Jesus, how many believe if Jesus could feed 5,000 one time, he could feed 4,000 another time, no problem. But there's more to it than that. Uh, they were different audiences in different places, uh, sending a united message in two different directions. And basically, as we'll see, it's both Jew and Gentile. All right, Gospel of Mark chapter seven, beginning in verse 31. Jesus heals someone who is deaf. And, you know, as a consequence, when you cannot hear, you, do, you never really quite can learn how to speak. So someone who is deaf and mute as well. In verse 31, it says, again, departing from the region of Tyre and Sidon. This is one of the rare trips uh, that Jesus took outside the land of Israel. And he went to the country of Lebanon. And I, I just want to say that, that Jesus came primarily uh, first and foremost to bring the gospel to the Jewish people. He was the fulfillment of all the promises and all of the prophecies, the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant that was passed from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. But he also came to be the savior of the world. And so he traveled north beyond the borders of Israel into the country of Lebanon. 
And Jesus loves not only Israel, but Jesus demonstrated when he went beyond the borders of Israel that he loves the neighbors of Israel. He loves the Lebanese. He went to Lebanon, which was a place where in ancient times, in the days of David, there was a healthy relationship between Lebanon and between Israel, and they had a king there who actually brought the beautiful cedars of Lebanon and had a friendship and a relationship with King David and said, hey, the Lord has blessed our land with these gorgeous, beautiful cedars, and I know that you want to beautify the temple, and they made a deal. And between David and the king that was in Lebanon and the cedars of Lebanon were there in the temple of the Lord. It was to bring glory and honor to the Lord. And it also shows God loves Israel, God loves the Jewish people, but he also loves the Lebanese and he loves the Syrians and he loves the Jordanians and he loves the Egyptians and he loves the Arabs who are there and he loves the Palestinians, hallelujah. He loves each and every one of them. So. He went uh, from departing. Now he's leaving Lebanon, and it says he came through the midst of the region of Decapolis to the Sea of Galilee. So he's coming into the land of Israel, but notice that the Decapolis means the 10 cities. It's Roman territory. It is Gentile territory. So even though he's headed back uh, to the, the land of Israel and he's headed back to the people of Israel, uh, he is still in Gentile territory in the Sea of Galilee. We read in verse 32, and then they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and he put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. And then looking up to heaven, he sighed or he groaned. And he said unto him, Ephthathah, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed and he spoke plainly. And then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it. Don't you love that? <laughs> Don't tell a soul. Okay, they're gone. Telling everybody they know. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying he has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Here Jesus is in the land of the Gentiles. He opens their ears. He opens their mouths. And as Jesus is coming back, he's just been in Tyre and Sidon. He has done great and marvelous, wonderful miracles but now he's leaving, he's, he's as it were leaving Lebanon behind him. He's leaving Tyre and Sidon behind him. He is headed back to Galilee, the northern part of Israel, but he's on the side of the lake of the Sea of Galilee that still has many, many Gentiles, many, many Romans. And here's what I want you to see in your mind as Jesus leaves this place where they have seen miracles like they've never seen before a land that was known for its idol worship and pagan worship. It was an area where ultimately child sacrifice had been practiced for many generations. It was a place where there was lots of superstition, lots of witchcraft, lots of the occult, lots of demonic manifestations. Jesus had done miracle after miracle, healing after healing, deliverance after deliverance. 
And now as he is making his way back home, he climbs to a local hill, he sits down, and there are large crowds following Jesus to the Sea of Galilee who are Gentiles. We are told by the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew records this very same scene. Matthew and Mark give kind of two sides to the same event that was happening. And I'll just add, because Mark leaves it out, Matthew tells us that there were many people among these Gentiles who had been plagued with all kinds of diseases. There were people that were lame. There were people that were blind. There were crippled people. There were mutes. There were many others and their families and their relatives and those who loved and cared for them who were bringing all of them to Jesus. Now, I want you to see this picture here. Jesus is going back to Jewish land, Jewish territory, where there's already crowds that had followed him. And what he is bringing with him is a huge crowd of Gentiles to meet another huge crowd of Jews along the shores of the Sea of Galilee to witness miracles on both sides. Hallelujah. This was an awesome, awesome demonstration of the power of God. The supernatural power of the Messiah was now being manifest and was now being made visible for all to see, whether Jew or whether Gentile. And Jesus healed them all in great numbers. And there were many of the people there were used to hearing sermons, messages, whether the Jewish people, their rabbis, Uh, Even in the pagan superstitions, they had their orators and their speakers and magicians and so forth. But now they were seeing something more than declaration. They were seeing a demonstration of the power of God. And I want to say that the Lord God Almighty is alive. He is here. His glory is present And that our faith and our relationship in him is not just learning facts and learning information and filling our minds with those things and generally agreeing with them in our heart. That's part of it. But God also wants to bring not just declaration, but a demonstration. When you give your heart and life, when you open the door of your heart and you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, you've just invited Almighty God to come and live inside of you. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. It's such a blessing to hear from our radio listeners who found biblical help and hope through this ministry. Dear Ray Bentley, I was at a very low time in my life, a time when I was starting to question the existence of God. I felt as if God was nowhere in my time of need. I received one of your radio offers about discouragement. It opened my eyes and showed me that God was everywhere. In fact, I see now that God allowed me to endure this time of pain to strengthen my love and commitment toward Him. It's funny how God works sometimes. Right when you think He's nowhere to be found, there He is. How have these studies in God's Word had an impact on your life or impacted your family? Would you drop Pastor Ray an email and let him know? Write ray at raybentley.com. That's ray at raybentley.com. It would be such an encouragement to hear from you today. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Write it down. Christ in you, the hope of what? Glory. Glory. 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is easy to say that and to hear the gospel when you first accept Christ. But I, I want to stretch you and challenge you in this way as the Lord has been stretching and challenging me. I got saved when I was 11. Uh, by the time I was 14 years of age, I had been going to Sunday school, I'd been going to church, I had been to many services, and I was growing in my understanding of the word, and there came a time where I began to hunger for the things of the Spirit of God. And, and I read in the Bible of the power of the Holy Spirit and of the ministry of Jesus and the miracles. And I said, wow, Lord, this is incredible. I, I've, I've heard the gospel and you've won my heart with your love and your death and your burial and your resurrection. I've accepted you into my heart. But I, I want to know more. I hunger for more of your Holy Spirit. And I, I want to speak to that. Do I, I, I am imagining that the reason that many of you are here is that you want more. Amen. That you are hungry for God, hungry yeah. for the Lord, hungry for the Spirit. Not just, yes, of course, we'll, we'll continue to, to go through the Word, simply teaching the Bible simply, but also to experience the Lord. God, God wants for us to know that He is alive and that He is living and that He's inside of us. I remember hearing about being able to, to experience that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and to be baptized in His Spirit. Uh, be ye, here's the way Paul said it to the church of Ephesus, be ye being, continuously is the way it is in the Greek language, be ye continuously being filled with the Holy Spirit. We can grow from, some people think that, that, the, that being a Christian is hearing the gospel, being convicted of your sins, repenting, receiving Christ, being saved, and the rest of your Christian life is just going to church, uh, you know, giving some money for tithes and helping support through offering some missionaries and doing some good works. But that is, that's just the rudimentary beginnings what it means to be a son and a daughter of God is to walk with God. It is to know God. It is to experience God. It is to go on an adventure with God. It is to hunger for the things of God. It would be easy for me. The Lord's blessed my life in so many ways. And, and it would be easy to just say, wow, Lord, I, I mean, I could kind of relax and just, you know, everything's fine. It's good. But no, I am in a place in my life right now, I have never been hungrier for the things of God than I am right now tonight. I've never been thirstier for the Lord than I am tonight. And I, I have seen and, and felt and experienced His presence and the glory when I was 14 years of age, a marvelous uh, experience of the Holy Spirit, you know, and the experience of the, when the Spirit comes upon you is something that, that you are never the same again. And I'm reading about many of the, you know, younger generation that are, you know, they're wrestling with doubts and they're saying, well, I don't know, or maybe they think they've heard it all and they're wandering around and trying to, you know, relate to it and figure it out. And what does it mean to be a Christian? And I believe that God wants a, a bi-generational outpouring of His Spirit. Joel said, I will pour my Spirit out on all flesh. And your young men 
will prophesy, and your young women will prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams. God wanted both generations at the same time. I was saved in the Jesus People Revolution. It was two generations at the same time. And I, I still to this day thank God for my pastor Chuck Smith. I love, I adore, I thank God for this man simply teaching me the Bible simply. I love the word of God. But you know, if, if it just becomes knowledge and information and learning more facts and understanding, uh, it can get, you can get mental. <laughs> There is a life uh, to be lived, there is breath, there is spirit, there is heart, there is emotion, there is passion. Jesus, when he was, it wasn't just, oh, another healing. He <laughs> sighed, he groaned within himself. Uh, that's the word there in the Greek. When he sighed, it means he groaned. Why? Well, you know, if you're just mental, you can think, well, Hey, I'm the Messiah, I have the power to heal, the guy's sick, boom, you're healed. You know, hear and talk, go on your way, everything's fine. But Jesus took it very personally. Why did he groan? Because it affected him emotionally. He saw it, he looked into the eyes of a man who was, was plagued with the results and the consequences of the curse of sin, and it made Jesus groan. Yes, he had the power, but he saw it and he felt it. And I believe that he shouted in his own language, be opened, be open now in Jesus' name. He rebuked that illness out of it. He popped his ears, you know, he touched his tongue. The poor guy didn't have the capacity to hear, but he could feel Jesus, you know, as Jesus' fingers went in. And, and he couldn't speak, but Jesus spat and then he touched his tongue and it opened up. It was powerful and it was real. It was not just declaration, it was demonstration. And now, this is what I love, on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, crowds of Gentiles are following Jesus from Lebanon and northern Israel to crowds of Jews and they're all around the Sea of Galilee. And he's mixing it all up together. And Isaiah, the, the prophet, described what it would be like in the days when the Messiah came. I want you to read with me Isaiah chapter 35, verses 5 and 6. Let's read it out loud. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Now, is that beautiful or what? Listen, he doesn't just say, I'm gonna heal uh, deaf ears and I'm gonna, and people that can't talk will be able to speak and if you're lame, you'll be able to walk. That's one way to put it. But I love the way that, that the Hebrew uh, really defines it. Isaiah, the prophet says, the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame, when they get healed, will leap like a deer. I believe that, that we, are, we are living in a time and right now, an hour where people, there's, there, where there is no vision, the people perish. Jesus saw the, the masses of humanity as sheep wandering around with no shepherd. That is, that is a very frightful thing. Because sheep without a shepherd, they get picked off so easy. They have no defenses. Uh, their only protection is to have a shepherd. It's a very uh, frightening thing. And, and if you look at the world today, 
and the rocking of the political, economic structures of the world. We got, now we got seven billion sheep wandering around. Where's the vision? Where's the leadership? Where is the lion lying with the lamb? Where's peace? Where's the end of war? Where is their hope? Well, it's only gonna come when Jesus comes again. We long for him, we look for him, and I believe he wants to pour out his spirit in new, fresh, powerful, dynamic ways. Because the same Messiah who walked along the shores of Galilee then among Jews and Gentiles is the same Messiah that is walking right here tonight. Right here tonight. He's available to you, his power, his name, his glory, his honor, his spirit, and he wants to give you an experience of, of the reality that Christ in you, the hope of glory, and once you have that life-changing experience, these people were never the same again. And you will never be the same again when you see Jesus and hear him and feel him and follow him. Amen? Amen. Notice in verse 33, I love this. When Jesus saw this guy, he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. And then looking up into heaven, he sighed. And then he said to him in their language, what is to be opened? Jesus gave this man personal attention. That word that is used there for the groaning is similar to the word used when Paul talks about in Romans chapter eight, that when, we, when the spirit prays within us, we groan, that we yearn, that we long uh, for him. And as Jesus witnessed this, he, he, he poured out his spirit upon him. And as he touched him, he healed him instantly. This was the fulfillment of the Abrahamic promise in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. If you have a pen or pencil, write that down. It's one of the most important places in the Bible. Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. God said, I will bless those who bless you, Abraham. I will curse those who curse you, Abraham. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Some people get offended that the Jews are the chosen people. You know what? They are the chosen people. But just because they were chosen does not mean that you were not chosen. God began with, he had to start somewhere. He started with Abraham and he blessed him. And I love how God personalized it. He said, Abraham, you and me, we are friends. Abraham is known as the friend of God. If you were to sum up the whole life of Abraham, if you were to see on his tombstone, uh, you know, he was born in this year, he died in this year, and what's the epitaph under his tombstone? It says, Abraham, the friend of God. How cool is that? How many of you would like to be able to say that God is my friend? He calls me his friend. Guess what, you have it. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. But I call you my friends. You hear it, you see it, but there are different levels of knowing and understanding it. Growing in Christ is not just hearing the same things you already know, but it's growing in the awareness of the glory, of the reality of what you already know. Pastor Ray Bentley, with insights on that deeper level of intimacy we can enjoy with the Lord. Good insight today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, Jesus is the Messiah. 
If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. When you first arrive at our homepage, when you click Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll find Pastor Ray's latest books there, too. His new books, On the Mountain of the Lord, and his latest, The Threshing Floor, a prophetic fiction novel. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on our site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Mark. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.